morning, everyone. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of the Brokerage Insider, the podcast where we interview real estate and technology leaders, sponsored by Tribus and hosted by me, Johnny Pfeiffer. Our last episode featured Denise Pruitt of Arizona Best Real Estate, and we had fantastic discussions about the greater Phoenix market, where the market is headed, and received great insight from Denise on how to thrive in the real estate industry. My next guest, whom I'm so excited to have joining us today, is Lindsay Ale of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, Gary Green, in Houston, Texas. Welcome, Lindsay. Hello, how are you? Great, great. So excited to chat with you today and to let our listeners hear from you and get some expertise from you on the industry. Thank you. It's really a privilege to be here. No, absolutely. So tell us about you. Let's help our listeners get to know you a little bit. We'd love to know your background and what you do in the industry. Well, I'm now officially just saying I've been in the industry over 20 years. Okay. (laughs) I'm now in that space. I've been in the industry over 20 years. Um, I've been um, on the sales side. I've been a broker owner. Uh, I've been a coach for Tom Ferry. Uh, I've been with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Gary Green since uh, 2013 in several different capacities. I've been a career coach here, a manager, and now I'm uh, currently the director of agent services here. Awesome. Okay. Well, tell us a little more about that. What is agent services? So in my current role, we have about a thousand agents, a little over a thousand agents. um, And we're, it's a big market. Um, We are from Galveston all the way up to Lake Conroe. So it's a really large market. Um, And so here I'm responsible for creating kind of a cohesive strategy around uh, tying together technology, marketing, and then coaching and training. So the deliverables come to an agent really in a cohesive way. We don't launch marketing or launch technology without really marrying it to a, a strategy. How is this going to work in an agent's business? So that's really what I'm responsible for here. Wow, that's incredible. And I love that because I think you would agree with me. There are a lot of brokerages that essentially agents sit down, they have their computer, they get their license, and they're kind of told, good luck, go do it. And it's nice to hear that you provide that pathway from day one and give them the opportunity to be successful intentionally instead of just by accident. Yeah, and the other thing that we're really trying to do, I think, is um, be mindful of the different personas that there are in kind of the the life cycle of an agent. You have new agents, they have different needs. Uh, As people are growing or struggling, they're going to have different needs all the way up to that stable agent that uh, really is just looking for new opportunities for growth, but really running a stable organization Um, And then you've got people that are, you know, sunsetting and that are thinking about what's my retirement path. So we're trying to, and of course, agent teams is a a big one. So we're really trying to make sure that we keep a strategy in place, whether it's marketing tools, coaching, um, if we've got a real strong strategy in place for wherever you're at in, in your career really important. Wow, that's incredible. So that I would assume has to help with retention and recruitment for your firm. Because people with having these tools in their pocket, if you will, and having the support of you and your team, it almost guarantees success if they put it in place and really implement that, correct? Yeah, the engagement's really huge. Um, But yeah, that's a big part of our value proposition. It's a big part of our retention. And certainly, um, it's something that we think about when we're recruiting, who are we really speaking to and where can we serve them based on where they're at in their business. 
So yeah, it's an important part of the strategy. I bet it is. And my question for you, given your history and having held so many positions within real estate, how did you develop this program? What key things did you find for yourself that worked for you that you're caring for now for this next generation of salespeople? Yeah, it's funny. I, I've done a lot of coaching over the years. Of course, I you know, was selling for about 12 years. Um, and one of the things I noticed that was really tough as a coach where I'm talking to somebody for 30 minutes once a week is that um, I can share ideas and I can give you some structure and I certainly can give you the accountability. But in terms of sending you off on your path to uh, getting stuff done, I didn't really have the ability to help people. And so that's been something that has been really meaningful. It's informed a lot of what we're doing here is I kind of know where people struggle and how we can support them at the corporate level. Um, so it's informed a lot of what we're doing here. Well, and a big part of that is, is to kind of repeat what you said at the beginning, everyone is different. Though all salespeople strive to be successful and to sell real estate and earn commissions, support their families, enjoy their career, they all do it differently and they all approach the business differently. And so I think it's important that you don't have a one size fits all mentality on the management and training side. And so I think that's very important. You know, it's interesting because the, the everyone does have a unique approach and certainly unique strengths. Um, but the pain points generally tend to be the same. Okay. The pain points around managing my database, managing my time, um, maintaining a consistent level of momentum so that you're not doing the rich, poor thing. Um, when you're in massive growth mode, how do you manage that? Uh, when to grow a team, how to grow a team. So all those kinds of problems can t consistently tend to be the same. Uh, even though there are people that have different strengths and different ways of doing the business, the pain points seem to be the same. So um, we try and structure uh, some of the offerings really mindful of those struggles that people suffer through. I just finished doing um, business planning across the company. I went and saw a bunch of offices and I've talked to a lot of agents and the pain points are very, very, very similar, especially in a market like this where you do have a shifting environment and people are trying to re-examine their business and not only what are the pain points, but what are the opportunities for growth in a market like this? And I think that's a key component to this. I'd love to hear from you for our listeners. There's a lot of negative news, a lot of negative social media, a lot of statistics and data coming out, hitting the general population that are our consumers, our agents, our brokerage owners, and we all have to sift through that and identify what's reality, what's fact, what's fiction. And I think there's some fear base right now that isn't necessarily as big as it's being made out to be. And you bring up, there's a lot of opportunity in this market. It's shifting, markets shift all the time. And I think it's important to share with our listeners, it doesn't mean it's a negative shift. It's just different. And so yeah. I would love to hear from you what are some ideas that you have for our listeners? How can they be successful with the shifting that's happening? You know, I in my business planning effort, uh, I quoted that Winston Churchill quote. It says, uh, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. And I've been talking about that a lot because it is easy to get caught up in some of the information that you're seeing, the news and and the re there is a reality that, um, and the numbers I quoted in were Goldman Sachs uh, housing forecast. They were talking about in 2021, there were 6.1 million homes sold in the United States. 
they're predicting, forecasting that in 2023, there will be 4.3. So it's a reality. There's going to be less home sales, but there are going to be opportunities that a market like this is going to provide. And so the agents, this is the, I think it's a fantastic market because this is where pros really shine. This is when your real skilled professional agents do their best. Um, and so, yeah, when you list your, your, when you take your listings, doing a fantastic job with your listings, doing a really wonderful job with the photography, the, the way you list the property, the dialogues, the description, all of that matters in a way that it didn't matter before. So this is the opportunity for agents like that to shine. There will be less homes that are sold in 2023, but the people that are very intentional about their lead generation systems, really intentional about their follow-up process because the, the time frame that it's gonna take people to make decisions is going to be longer. Um, so people that are great with that and people that are really, um, thoughtful about the way they do the business, they're going to shine in a market like this. And I'd love to reiterate and drive this uh, last few minutes home to all of our listeners, Lindsay. It is now the time to more than ever as an agent to utilize all of your suite of tools. Because if you listen to what she shared with all of us, it's number one, the marketing. It's the photography. It's how you're going to get that listing out there and get the maximum exposure you need. Whereas the last few years, we didn't need that as much. Number two, the follow-up, AKA your CRM, your database. It is so important to be active in your database and following through with your buyers and your sellers. And I think the key thing is, again, what I'm hearing from Lindsay that I want everyone to realize is it's consistency. It's intention. It's waking up every single day and performing all of these steps. Because Lindsay, tell me if you agree, though the market has shifted and there will be fewer homes sold, you absolutely will be successful if you follow through. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I've been talking to a lot of folks about that I'm excited about is, is this uh increasing time frame that it takes for agents or for consumers to make a decision, whether it's a seller or whether it's a buyer, that's what is going to be a really huge opportunity for folks that are real pros in the business. One of the biggest, um, one of the biggest tools that I see being really meaningful is that CRM management or wherever it is that you're managing your pipeline. This is a market where pipeline matters. So the agents that have previously spent time just looking for the next transaction, those agents are going to suffer. But for the agents that are really used to looking down the road at what is coming for them, looking at their pipeline and always mindful of building that pipeline strategically and maintaining it, that's where the opportunity lies because it's going to take longer. And if you're the agent who stays engaged in that period of time, between when they first think about it and when they're ready to make a decision, you are going to do better. Period. Absolutely agree. A hundred percent. It was interesting. A mentor of mine years ago gave me the analogy of the pipeline. If you open a shoe store and if you have stock of one pair of one size for each type of shoe, you're going to go out of business pretty quickly because you're going to be scrambling for that inventory right after that comes off the shelf. If you have boxes stacked up, AKA your pipeline and full of leads, 
you will have a very successful store. And in this case, a successful real estate business. And I think we often, as industry leaders, forget to talk about the pipeline. It's interesting, Lindsay, in thinking back through all of my previous podcasts, you're the first one who's used that word. And I'd love for you to drive that home a little more. How can our listeners who are either new to the business and a little worried right now because there's a lot of shifting, it's not going to be quite as easy as it was, uh, though it'll be less chaotic, which I think everyone will agree will be lovely to have a little bit more of a normal process. Uh, how do you build the pipeline? What are the key tools in that beyond a CRM? Um, I think it's so interesting uh, because I work with a wide variety of agents. I work with new agents, people that have been in the business a long time. And one of the struggles that um, some of the agents that have been in the business like less than three years generally tend to find is that, or I find in coaching them, is that they tend to do an activity and look for the result. Tend to do an activity, look for the result. I did an open house and I didn't get anything from it. Mm. And the reality is, is that your job as an agent is to do the activities consistently execute on the activities you don't know what activity is going to turn around and actually quote unquote work for sometimes it could be years so your job is to keep doing the activities that you know produce results and not look for the immediate results know that you are doing the work that uh, over time does garner the results now you have to track the leads that come from that, the prospects that come from that over time. But you could do an open house today that you don't see a quote unquote result for for six months. Your job is just to keep doing the activities. That's what builds the pipeline. A thousand percent. What I think is so important for everyone to think about, let's say you're doing farming and you're hitting a neighborhood hard consistently on a monthly basis. Right when you decide it's not working and you stop is probably when it was going to start working. Because you don't know that they're receiving that information and putting it away and going to call you in six months. Or they met you at that open house and eight months later, they're ready to go look and buy something. That's right. That is so powerful. one of my favorite things to tell an agent, and it's just so true, I hear it time and time again, no response isn't no. It may mean not right now. No Uh response doesn't mean no. It just means that you have to keep doing your job because that could be the open house that you did and six months later they're calling you no response doesn't mean no it may just mean not right now absolutely and i would love for you to share with all of this collectively as we keep talking about this why do you think this works what is there a silver bullet is it a wide casting net what do you think is that magic formula that makes all of this work for our agents nationwide I think it's consistent execution and consistent execution is the hardest thing. It is frustrating when things don't feel like they're working. Um, And so I think having consistent execution and accountability around that execution is kind of, that's why coaching works. That's why um, uh, that, that can make the difference for an agent is the consistency is the hard part, especially if you don't feel like it's working. And sometimes, um, when I'm working with agents that are struggling with consistency, they say that they want accountability, but when it really, like they'll go and get, and get an accountability partner that's like, oh, that's okay. I didn't do it anyway either. Yeah. No, definitely not. That's like, hey, I, you said you were going to do this. What happened? Um, but, you know, if you can't, if you find that you're struggling with consistency, you're going to have to get somebody that's going to hold you accountable. Absolutely. And it's all for your best interest. 
I think that's the key. This isn't, oh my gosh, I have homework to do. I have to go do this. This person's going to tell me I'm not doing that. This is to help you be successful. And so it's well, a gift. It actually, it's tied closely to purpose. Like I always hear like, what is your why? Why is nice, but why tends to wane with motivation. Motivation comes and goes. But purpose, purpose is tends to be, I think, a little bit deeper. What are you really trying to achieve? And if you are closely connected to that deeper, meaningful purpose, what are you trying to build? And what is the deeper, meaningful purpose in this? Then it's easier to maintain some level of consistency, I think. But but um, yeah, that's that's the other challenge. What are you trying to achieve? And can you stay closely tied to that? Absolutely. And I did have, I would love to ask you if it's okay with you, from one of our listeners after our last podcast, they asked me to follow up with our next expert. We have a lot of agents who are new to the industry. And as you said, the newer ones are usually typically less than three years. They've not sold in a world that we were used to in 2010, 11, 2001 and two. And you and I, because I too am of the 20 years plus club and we'll leave it at that. Uh, But they have only functioned in this chaotic world of fish in a barrel, if you will, and have become a little accustomed to 3% interest rates being normal. And so one of our listeners said, ask your next expert for me. I'm new to the business. I've been successful. How do I sell a 7% interest rate? What are you responding to your agents when the fear is coming around to lending and the costs associated? Well, I think, so I've had some conversations around this. I think that we have to be highly sensitive to saying things like, oh, things are back to normal at a 7% interest rate. Um, I think that that is not the case. If you look in the last 12 years, they've never been over 5%. So I think the first thing to be mindful of is that uh, you have to have the right dialogue. You tr- can't try and sell 7% to a client and say, especially a first-time home buyer or that first move-up buyer, hey, this is back to normal because that is the quickest way to be uh, out of alignment with a client who's thinking, Hell no, this has been 12 years. Been <laughs> Absolutely. Nobody's interested in your story back in 1984 and you <laughs> bought a house at 17%. Like, they don't care. Uh, so I think that's the first thing is to be sensitive to where people are coming from. Uh, and then I think it's reasonable to talk about affording the payment. Um, and if you can afford the, a payment, then there are maybe opportunities down the road to refinance. Okay. Uh, you can't kind of sell away the idea that this is a great deal at 7% because it's not going to feel like that. But if they can afford the payment, is there enough of an upside in terms of tax uh, breaks or uh, potential equity increasing or uh, the, just the act of ownership? Are there enough upsides for them to take um, this entire picture and say, yes, I'm willing to do that because that makes sense. I think showing versus telling is always the best way. And really, we don't convince people to do something. We give them information. We arm them with information and give them the confidence to make decisions on their own. And I think that can be that approach can be very helpful and a little bit freeing because you're not going to convince someone that 7% is great. 
it's just not going to feel right to them. No, and it's funny. I don't know how many senior and experienced agents I've heard I use know. the 17% analogy. And yeah, no. Nobody and cares. Nobody cares. And, and that's a big, scary word. Don't <laughs> Let's not put that out there. But I think the key to what Lindsay just said for all of our listeners is, number one, be their trusted resource. Though we know you aren't mortgage experts, you have in your repertoire the experts who can speak with your clients. Guide them through some of these things. Don't dismiss the objection. Don't minimalize the impact of the change of the interest rates. It's real and it's scary to our consumers and it's our job to help them navigate and learn so they can make a good decision. I think that's so important. Having a fantastic lending partner that you trust, there's just never been a more important time for that than, than right now. This has all been absolutely incredible. I. I, every time I finish these, I always want to say, I cannot believe it's been over 20 minutes and I would, we could talk for another hour. Um, I'm just so grateful to you. And I'd love to hear, do you have any, you know, remaining comments, anything you want to share, anything you want to share about the firm you're with or before we let our listeners go? No, I think that, um, obviously I'm, I love where I'm at and I love the things that we're working on here. I think it's a great place to be. And, uh, certainly Houston's a great market to be in. Uh, so I'm certainly privileged to be here. Well, thank you. And it's it was a privilege for us to have you and to listen to all of your insight. This has certainly been a phenomenal experience for me. And I have learned. I learn every time. And I just absolutely love this banter and sharing with everyone. And we're all a part of the next generation of real estate. It changes daily. And it's just very exciting. So thank you, well, Lindsay. Thanks for having me, Johnny. I really appreciate being here. Absolutely. And I want to thank everyone else for joining us today for the Brokerage Insider. And please stay tuned for our next episode when we will be bringing you more exciting news and tips from the real estate industry. Please listen to us everywhere you're able to listen to your podcasts. And always feel free to visit tribus.com as all of our podcasts are always available to you. Thank you to all of our listeners. And I hope everyone is having a happy holiday season.